Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. Back at the station, Evangeline questioned Rosemary again, but ended up confessing her own concerns. Doris and Val had a rare moment of agreement about vampire ethics, and Everett made a deal with Sister Kurt to give her full responsibility over the Malkavians and anyone else involved in the blood smuggling if she helped with their investigation. What will the Coterie do next, knowing that the one funding the operation was the Malkavian clan leader himself? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Another day has passed. You have solved the majority of what was going on with the Malkavian refugees, but you do have questions about Horatio Sundrop, and you have an upcoming visit to Calgary that you need to prepare for. It is a new day. Doris, it is time to check that tarot deck. Wits plus occult. Right. It's four, six. All right. Guys, we're rolling with six dice. Let's see how today treats me. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Four successes. Four successes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see an image of a bat inside a cave, surrounded mm-hmm. by shadow, but with a bright sunlight shining into the cave. And you see a big, like luscious strawberry sitting out in the sun. And the bat is just shaking its hands in frustration that the strawberry is in the light. Right. <laughs> right. Um, right. And so, okay, I think she'll take the card. And uh, and she will put it by her windowsill and say, um, oh, boy. It's always fun interpreting these cards of yours. Um, uh, Today, I am the seeds, and the pyramid is the bat. Yes. Right. They want me, but they can't get me. Hmm. And then she'll say, I wonder if strawberries are poisonous to bats. I should ask Everett. Then what what kind of hat do you put on this morning? Ooh, do I have a strawberry hat? You do now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or actually, here's the question. Do you have a strawberry hat or would you have to make one? <laughs> I feel like that. No, I feel like she doesn't. Mm, no, she has a strawberry hat. It's felt <laughs> um, and very handmade and with like little individual uh, beads, the black beads that look like seeds on it. Ooh, and then like a little a thing sticking at the top that symbolizes the uh, the stem of the strawberry. Oh, lovely. Fantastic. Yeah. So you're wearing that. Val, or uh, no, uh, Evangeline, sorry. I'm mixing Hi. up all the V names. I've got three <laughs> of them. Um, 
Evangeline, you were you were at home. Things have been pretty generally positive and pleasant with Teddy of late. Uh, at the same time, you did have a lot of thoughts uh, to yourself in the mm-hmm. cell aloud with Rosemary. Uh, is this morning any different for you or is it just kind of going through, again, vampire morning, night, but is this vampire morning any different for you or is this just standard kind of enjoy each other's company pleasantness? Um, Evangeline is going to let these thoughts stew for a bit. She's not, she's not, she's not, she's not used to doing this type of, you know, healthy asking how you're doing. Um, so... She'll probably be a little weird, a little stilted, but try to be as normal as possible. Okay, can you roll me a composure and I would accept performance or persuasion? It's got to be performance. (laughs) Two successes. You do good. Uh, Teddy doesn't seem to notice anything. Uh, It just seems like a a regular morning for him, though you know you're a little bit in your head. Uh, And then you go to the office. Meanwhile, Val, I imagine, are you still sleeping in the basement at the station? Have you gone back to the apartment now that you've made the deal with, you know, your son in the the cell? What's going on? Yeah, I I think... There's been a couple times she's gone back to the apartment, especially after all the fights and stuff. She's had to change and look like a real person again. So maybe this is a night she's staying. She probably got uh, food for Will at the end of the night and then went back to her apartment. And that was waking up in the apartment again. Cool. So you wake up, you're geared up. You could pick up Evangeline on the way to work, knowing that you can you could ride together. What's that car ride like? You figured out your Sirius XM radio. Yep. So, I mean, what music are you listening to when you arrive <laughs> is, is question one. Oh, man. Um, I think it's got to be, it's like breaking the law. <laughs> it's playing. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll just pull up, get Evangeline. Though I, they probably haven't even had a conversation about, should Evangeline just drive herself? Oh, God. It's, it's so weird. It's so awkward. Yep. So Evangeline, you and Percy are there. I'm imagining you ride with Val. Yeah. Be weird if she pulled up and you just took your own car, but I'm not yeah. going to rule that anything. <laughs> it's, it's, it's your character. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 guys, no. Yep. And then yep. you guys she drive in together. Tell. So is there anything that you say on the, the ride to the station? Silence just sets in. The way you're just getting through this every day. Yeah. Great, great. I love that that was just fully role-played silence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Throwing, receiving nothing. I do uh, like the idea though that like Percy is like kind of standing up with his like front paws on the um the little like console between the front seats. Mm-hmm. Or the little that little spot there, and just like looking between us. <laughs> wondering what's going on. Amazing. Is he seat belted in? It feels like you may not let him just sit at the highest risk place in a car for a dog. Yeah. Uh, when I notice it, I'll be like, Percy, come on, come on. Like, get back, back in your back in your harness. <laughs> Magnificent. Can you roll me <laughs> your instruction test? Yeah. Uh, which I think you've got written down at this point because yeah. I have too many notes. Yes, one moment. Uh, 
That is three successes on my charisma and animalism. Great. Percy reaches back, collects his leash, clips it to his harness, then leans over in front of you and ties his leash around your seatbelt. So he's got about six inches of movement so he can stay where he's sitting, but stay safe. So Percy's killing it this morning. Well played. Well played, <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the station. Oh, Percy's thrilled with that. Bark, bark. Uh, meanwhile, back at the station. Everett, you wake up uh, for the first time in the last little bit solo in the basement. You've got your coffin, but you've got good boy uh, who has been cared for and fed, you know, the occasional amount of necessary blood. You do have this time solo with good boy. Is there anything you do with your dog? Let's uh, let's go for a walk. Let's take a walk. I like it. So you go for a walk with good boy. Uh, generally well behaved around you, but there's also a question about the rest of the world. Can you roll me? <laughs> Uh, either charisma, if you're just kind of walking with him and not worried about what he's doing, or manipulation, if you're kind of actively trying to train him, an animal can. I'm sure my animal can is empty. It is. Uh, and, God, it would be manipulation if I, I, I am trying to control him. Yeah. Great. Charisma I would be the easier you, role, but... <laughs> I will give you a bonus die because this dog is blood-bound to you in a way that Good boy likes you in a way that other dogs might not. Upgrade it to two, baby. (laughs) Two dice. Here we go. Uh, uh, One success. Great. Good boy is still learning, would be the the short way of saying this about walking. Good boy does not like mortals, but you are strong enough to be able to hold good boy back when mortals appear on the street. Uh, Good Boy seems kind of neutral-ish about vampires, generally ignoring them. Good Boy doesn't care about other dogs. You're not dealing with that conflict. It just seems to be with the life that Good Boy led. Hmm. Mortals are are too stressful for Good Boy on an average walk. It's something you can work on in future. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, And also, I will say, while you are dealing with Good Boy, this is something that you can make a note to track. Uh, If you roll two successes... On one of your walks, because this will be an ongoing thing, you will receive an additional dot in Animal Ken. You are learning how to deal with okay. animals by actively training an animal. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a little treat of my blood, I guess, uh, <laughs> when, whenever he, he behaves he, appropriately. He loves that shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just kidding. That's, that's part of that bonus die. Okay. Uh, you go back to the station, good boy very happily and restfully uh, retires to protecting the coffins in the basement. And you go up to join your staff as they all enter. Doris, you are the first to appear. And I believe you have a question about bats. <laughs> I forget these things the second they come out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, so it's always a delightful do. surprise. Uh, right. Yes. So I think, yes, Doris would come down the stairs, full sheriff's uniform uh, with her strawberry hat. And um, I'm just saying, uh, um, Mr. Fry, sir. Yeah, yes, yeah. Sorry, I'm looking at you like, yes, you have my attention. <laughs> Forgetting entirely this is a fucking podcast. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Real proud of you there, bud. <laughs> I appreciated the attention, though. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you know much about bats? Uh, not particularly. Just, Do you know, you know if they're allergic to strawberries? <laughs> no, I don't. I would assume fruit bats are fine with strawberries. Uh, 
This is the point where Val and Evangeline walk in, but you're just catching the tail end of this. Because if the pyramid is the bat and I'm the strawberry, well, if we're the strawberries, then I might be on to something. And we might not have to set everything on fire. Well, I would say in your little uh, metaphor there that strawberries are likely the bat's absolute favorite fruit that the strawberry believes the bat will stop at nothing to have. So I don't know how allergic they may be. How's that? Dire, sir. Yeah. This is, I'm just giving you information you've already told me earlier. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I so, did. So I don't think, I don't think there's a, an allergic component where once they get you, they will die. Well, one can dream. Is that what this is? Are these dreams you're having or what, what are you, what are you talking to me about bats for? It's a tarot card I drew. I draw one every morning. It affects the way I go about my day. Oh. I could do one quick, for you if you like. Quick question, because this is worth knowing. Do Val and Evangeline know about your tarot deck, or is this the first time you've told the whole department? I don't think... Uh, I uh, mean, you did tarot... Doris did tarot readings at the Friendship Festival, right? Yeah, yes. but I don't... I don't know if, if they know that, like, I do one every morning. I don't think it's a secret that she's keeping from people. I, I figured she probably just assumes that they would know. Val, like, you know, Evangeline, you did not know. So, Evangeline, this just explains so many mornings where she shows up and she's like, it's a weird aardvark day. And you're like, what the fuck is this lady <laughs> thinking about? The turd. Okay, that's why you were going on about turtles. Yep. Okay. Okay. Oh, that was a bad day. Uh, okay. So you're getting uh you're getting like a read off of these cards for the future? You're you're reading the future or what? Well, more so about how I should proceed with my day. It gives me things to think about. The cards tell you how to carry yourself, how to behave on any What do you look day. out for? And you got a bat and a strawberry card today. The bat was in the cave. The strawberries in the light. Perhaps right. I need to douse myself in something. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just, you know, something that you want is out of reach or something. Yes, but if I'm the strawberry, and she just kind of like, hmm. You know what? I better not get involved. You've been doing this for, I'm assuming, hundreds of years. I'm not going to start to mess with the program. You do whatever you want to do. I appreciate your glad, input. Glad to have you with us this evening. <laughs> Val, mm -hmm. knowing your recent history of your son telling you that all of Doris's powers are bullshit and she can't see the future. What are you feeling while Doris talks about the card's ability to predict her day and how it affects her behavior? Oh, man. It, it, <laughs> Belle is annoyed by the whole thing, but is at least... <laughs> Mel is at least glad that Doris uh, specified it's related to me and how I do things, which, like, Belle accepts it in that way of, like... I don't know if she gets something out of it. But if Doris thinks that she's actually seeing something real, that's where Val draws the line on how she feels about it. It is real. Okay. But you, Val doesn't <laughs> Claire, say any of this. Claire so that's why it's like, I watched Claire, 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 Claire get offended. Yeah. I'm like, Doris doesn't know this. This you, is inside Val's head. This is inside Val's head. I know. For, I know. for the audience to know. Yeah. yeah. So Val doesn't say anything. She's just sort of making grumpy faces. But I mean, that's not really... It, that's not that's even part of the yeah. course for yeah. Val. So, <laughs> can we tell the difference? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Doris, no. 
Everett, no. Evangeline, can you roll me? <laughs> yeah. I would take a wits and awareness. Okay. Uh, two successes. Nope, you don't know the difference. Right, uh, cool. It's not, not a high enough thing to be able to read. You, have anybody, <laughs> have the best chance of being able to read Val. But also, Val having mild distaste for Doris is kind of a constant. So, like, yeah. it's mm. not something that you can completely tell. Also, they had that moment with, like, in the car that we witnessed. And who knows? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Eye contact is awkward. Uh, it's a journey. Everett, you've got your team. Uh, you probably need to start focusing them on the day and on what you want to do. Right, tonight's going to be dedicated entirely to the investigation of Horatio Sundrop. Uh, we now know we have a confession that he was financing the uh, blood skimming operation. We need to find out why. I assume as the leader of the Malkavian clan, he's protecting his folk, people who would be considered unfit for living in New Haven and would be executed otherwise. That's just an assumption. It's a theory right now. We need to investigate it. We need to let the evidence and information lead us. So I suggest we summon him uh, to the station here and uh, get started with that. Anybody have any thoughts, input, ideas? Floor is open. Just to clarify, sir, that even if he confesses, we can't really do anything. That's actually something I was hoping... Uh, Officer Barb, Officer Miller, you could fill me in on maybe Bard as well. I don't know, but what kind of recourse do we have here if we find the leader of a clan to be guilty of a crime? I just meant with the deal that you made with the leader of that religious house that we can't really do anything. No, there's plenty we can do. We just can't kill him or torture him, which oh. I'm fine with. I said we'd bring whoever's responsible to justice and we would let Sister Kurt decide their fate and make them her responsibility. I see. Hmm. It's all, uh, yeah. Sheriff, I know you want to get to the bottom of this, but, you know, our meeting in Calgary is coming up, and I'd really prefer us not walking into that blind. That's a, that's a fine point. How much? How many more nats do we have before that? That's coming up. I'm gonna say you have one more preparation night tomorrow. It is a random day of the week. I lost track of this like a little while ago. So <laughs> sorry, tonight, sorry for doing that to you. <laughs> there's tomorrow night, Calgary. All right, uh, sheriff. I know we're not supposed to fucking split up and all that, but I'd really like to go there ahead of everyone else, and you know. Hit up some of my contacts, see what information I can get. All right. You all right to stick with us one more night tonight, and then tomorrow night you head out early, and we'll go the following night to uh, connect with you. Does that sound good? All right. Sounds good, Sheriff. They give you enough time to do what you need to do? Yeah. Too much time and might tip my hand too much, so it's fine. All right. That's a, that's a good point, Officer Miller. Uh... Horatio Sundrop, you're not going anywhere, so we can we can hold off on that. Maybe we do need to prepare for this incursion into Calgary. I don't want to lose anyone. I want to be ready for anything with these 
new note nostra. All right, changing gears here then. Do we have any kind of history with this group here in New Haven other than obviously drug smuggling, and riding the into the city to yeah. attack us? Is there anything else that they've been known for? Do, do, does anyone in town know how they deal? Well, aren't they suspected of killing fucking Princess Cleopatra? Right. So and sort I of would... our mortal fucking enemies at this point also killed the old Note Nostra. They're just all around fucks. All right, so we should go into this expecting them to try and kill us. Val, can you roll me a wits and awareness? Yep. Three successes. Three successes. You do have a prisoner that you've been hanging on to for mm-hmm. a very long time. <laughs> Alford the Fang Rudy, who is in your third cell. He was the leader of the Note Nostra before Damien Black's people showed up. He has been in prison in New Haven pretty much since the founding of New Haven. You all oh caught God. him trying to sneak into town in a shed under an inflatable boat. Yes. He has been in a prison cell this whole show. <laughs> oh my God. Too. You have not talked to him. Odds are any intel that he would have would be completely fucking useless now outside mm. of maybe a couple of names that you would already have access to. But... That is the only person in town who really has any knowledge of Calgary, but he might have like two weeks more knowledge than any of the rest of you of what happened there. He got ousted real fast, and he is not necessarily the most competent. Well, we have uh, Alford the Fang Rudy, who ran away when the new Note Nostra blew in. I don't know if he'd have any information. I don't know if they even fucking want him, but maybe we could use him as some kind of bargaining ship i don't fucking know you want to bring him in the interrogation room what does he want would he be motivated by he probably wants payback or or is he He more of a coward to run away yeah he wants to not fucking die and he didn't ask permission to be here so that's what his crime is all right all right definitely settle him into the bait category then more than anything (laughs) if you want to question him uh, if you think he knows anything, anything that we don't already know, now's a good time. It's worth a shot. Otherwise, I think we need to arm ourselves, maybe even uh, inflate our numbers with some competent muscle. Might be a job for more of the Brujal clan. See if anyone else wants to join us on our little excursion to Calgary, because I assume, based on their track record, that the new Note Nostra are not being forthcoming fourth rat with their offer to negotiate. They're likely going to try to kill us. The Bruja seemed quite and no offense, Val, but uh, uh, quite violence forward. And they didn't really want to listen to reason. So I take what you mean, but I also worry about them uh, jumping to uh, fighty conclusions. That's a, that's a decent point, Officer Barbara. I mean, they're handy in a fight, but if it doesn't have to come to that, then we don't want them jumping the gun. Yeah, I hate to agree with Doris, but this is probably more of a political situation than it is a fighting situation. 
So I'll help in hitting up some contacts and talking to people and figuring it out. But if it comes down to a fight, I don't, I don't know that we can kill them all. Uh, Val and Doris, I will also say something that you know from the history of the Camarilla, which I'm inventing, but I don't care. I'm just acknowledging mm. that for anybody who's like, where do I find it in the rule books? I'm like, nowhere. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, parlay, as it is used in my version of the Camarilla, is an official invitation to a talk where no one partakes in violence. It mm-hmm. is the only way for clans and other people to be able to uphold the ability to actually negotiate without a bunch of people getting murdered. It has been used in meetings with the Sabbat, and it has been used in meetings with the Anarchs, and it has been respected every time. Mm. So right now, the idea of there being this civil war in Calgary, there are always going to be people who are doing random shit on the way to and from, but odds are, if the new Note Nostra wants to actually install itself as the leaders in Calgary, and right now they are in the lead, right? it would be a bad call for them long term to call a parlay and then not respect yeah. the rules, because the moment you do that, nobody will ever show up at the table again. Mm. Got it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Sheriff, I'm less worried about violence at this talk and more worried about us ever getting back into Calgary after this talk if it goes fucking sideways. So, also, if you want to look for your coterie mate, fucking your friend's mom, we probably need to do that before all this shit goes down. Yeah, that's uh, something we need to follow up on while we're there as well. I mean... Trail's pretty cold, though. I'm not sure where to start. I'll have to maybe look into that tonight. You're looking for a mother? Yeah. That's the (sighs) reason I was sent here. I got completely sidetracked by becoming the sheriff of New Haven. I can do a tea reading. Yeah, all right. It's a good start as any. Is it? Val? (laughs) Yeah, you... You fucking do that, Doris, while the rest of us do fucking work. And she'll like look at you genuinely hurt. Um just like wide-eyed. Um and just say, uh this has nothing to do with him, Val. Alright, hey, whoa. What is going on here? What's going on between you two? Oh, man. Val can't stop herself. Doris, if you could really see the fucking future, then why the fuck did you let Cleopatra and Sheriff Cross die? Um, wow. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, yeah, I fucking thought so. (laughs) The future is tricky, Miller. It doesn't always communicate the way you want it to. And some readings are clearer than others. I do my best to watch out for those under whose employ I'm in. But I can't change things, and I can't always see things, but I do my best. Doris, can you do me a quick favor? Can you roll me a, a two wits and occult checks? Two wits and occult checks? Yeah, I need, two, I need two of them, because we are going to historically see 
if your predictions on those days predicted bad things were going to happen. Because I think that's very important for Doris to know if a day seemed harmless and went bad or if she said, like, shit's going to go down and then something happened. Oh, 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 God. Okay, so this first one. So I have one hunger. Yeah. So this first one, I got a 10 on my hunger dice and then two other 10s. Great. Like I have four successes and three tens. In yeah, that's intense. Those. Okay. So, so is that we gotta, six successes then? That's fucking messy successy messy as hell. Successy. Okay. Yep. So that's so for the first one. Successy. <laughs> so I don't know which one that was for. I'm assuming it's for Cleopatra. Yep, that was Cleopatra's. Okay. Uh, and the other one is one, two, three, three successes. Three successes. Uh, Cleopatra, you had dire portents that whole fucking week. You were like, right. shit is going down, and your cards had been saying bad things about New Haven the whole time. Uh, so that one, you actually feel like the cards checked out on. They were right. like, don't go down this path. Don't go down this path. Mm-hmm. You can't always be sure of what path or necessarily who it's about because right. you're drawing the cards, not Cleopatra, but that one was bad the whole way through. Right. Sheriff Cross, it was murkier. Okay. You didn't see any signs of death. It was just kind of like strange symbols, nothing super clear. Right. Okay. Just because I think that matters for this argument for you to know where you were mm-hmm. at, terror-wise, mm-hmm. those days. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, uh, then, yes, she will uh, look at Val and say, um, I could tell something bad was going to happen to Cleopatra, but I can't make people listen to me, and I can't make people believe in me. Do you understand? I will also add, because your role was so high, that you brought your concerns to Sheriff Cross before Cleopatra's assassination, and Cross ignored you. Ooh. Um, right. Uh, I told Cross. I told him about Cleopatra. And he did nothing. So you might want to take it up with him. I can do a seance if you like. Val punches a hole in a wall and walks out the front door. She's so fucking pissed. <laughs> Val, can you roll me a strength and brawl? Mm-hmm. I gotta get more dice <laughs> to roll that. Thank you. <laughs> Four successes. Four successes. Uh, you punch the wall so hard that it warps the frame of Barty's office door, which falls <laughs> off. And from inside his office, he just goes, what the fuck? Uh, and then you're gone at the front door. <sighs> we got Clark. Yeah. We got yeah. one night, a night and a half, maybe to fix this. We can't have the team like this as we're going into a fucking parlay with the goddamn vampire mafia. Doris is still standing there. Yeah. Yep. Fully aware (laughs) of that. Uh, Fully aware of that. Everett says like, go talk to to Miller. Me? Yeah, you. You who ride with her in every night and ride home with her every night. You. Uh, uh, okay. You can do it. All right. Evangeline just kind of dejectedly follows Val, having no idea how she's going <laughs> to do this. 
<laughs> yep. So Evangeline leaves. Everett, you are left alone with Doris. Officer Barbara, what the hell was that? I don't think she likes my way of doing things, sir. And that may be, but uh, that kind of outburst from you is not uh, not typical. Did she hit a nerve there? I don't tell her how to punch things. I don't question her ability to do so. So I don't like it when people question my ability to do things, especially when mine is a little bit murkier and harder to prove. It's exhausting having to justify yourself. I think you understand that, sir. Yeah, a little. Try that for 400 years. Well, can you see where Miller's coming from? I mean, I, you know, even I who's been here for just a few weeks, I know she was close with Cross and hell, losing your prince, princess, pranks, whatever is, that's a serious blow to any kind of, any kind of vampire city, I guess, but. It was you know, a setback. Y'all sounded like y'all were in a pretty close inner circle there and things went to shit and you two were the ones who were left. How come y'all can't get along as the two survivors of a, of a coterie? I'd like to get along with Val. I like her. Well, all right, then I, I'll say this as sheriff of New Haven, I'm ordering you to do your best to mend the rift between you two. Right. I understand. And we'll do what you order, sir. Good. That'll be all. That's something for you to work on tonight, because, again, we're going to Calgary in two nights. Right. And we're basically fighting for the right to the city to exist, am I right? That's probably on the table, yeah. I see. Well, then it's best to present a unified front. Indeed. Hmm. All right, well, well that'll be all then. Right. <clears throat> so, Doris, where do you go? Uh, she's going to go do uh, uh, tea leaf reading to find out uh, uh, where this mother is. Fabulous. So you're going upstairs. Uh, meanwhile, outside... Val, did you stop? Did you drive away? What happened when you <laughs> left this room? Um, I think Val Val walked out and I think walked to the car and then stood there and is just, yeah, just standing, just trying to not be angry, but having a very hard time. Evangeline. Oh, try... That's uh, your bane, isn't it? Yeah, I just I roll for that. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to roll oh. for that because that's what you're notoriously bad at. Uh, okay, if you are trying to keep your shit together, I would accept <laughs> composure or resolve. Uh huh. And it would have to be insight. Uh. Okay. Your ability to use your instincts and your emotional knowledge to know that you should not be angry. Okay, so it's composure. Minus okay. one. So I'm rolling two dice and I'll see what happens. 
Oh, I rolled a one and a two, so I failed. I am so fucking, so, so fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, not only are you mad, you think you are correct to be mad. <laughs> what does that mean you do? Oh. You would have stood still if you had control, so that's off the table. Oh, God. Uh, I think it, I think I'm doing violence to something in this parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> like whether there's a, like a, a concrete divider or something that I am punching in half. There are squad cars. There is a concrete divider. Uh, there is a parking space with its own label. It's got like a thick pole going into the ground and it's a parking space dedicated for Doris. You can see her name on a plaque <laughs> because they set up a parking space for every employee. So if yeah. you're looking for something to smash, that feels perhaps That's emotionally great. appropriate. I think it's one fist through the concrete divider, so there's a hole in that, and then moving on to kicking over the Doris sign. Great. <gasps> Can you roll me a strength, and I would say brawl or athletics, I would allow? Right. She was going to get a horse and park it there. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have your fucking name on it now, does it? <laughs> Oh no! Oh, God. <laughs> it's bad. Oh no! One, two. What did you roll? I rolled. This is a stupid roll. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. So I rolled six successes, but all the rest of my dice are ones, including two ones and one on a hunger dice. <laughs> so it's four successes overall, but I rolled a bestial failure. <laughs> Oh, Let this me is just... this is the Bruja Bane right here. I'm going down. I'm sinking. Oh man! <laughs> I'm Hulk smash the whole precinct. <laughs> so this is a success and a bestial failure. Correct. What a what a beautiful combination of things as you are smashing away and being driven by rage. Uh, you experience a bestial failure, which means you will receive a compulsion. Yeah. So can you please roll me a d10? Yeah. If you could do it with the same die that is your hunger die one, that would make me the most yeah. happy. I got it. This I is such a right dramatic here. CW show, guys. <laughs> a, a three. I rolled a three. A three. Poor Everett. Uh, that is traditionally a hunger compulsion, but I think that feels wrong for Val's current rage. So I'm going to bump it up with a plus one to a four. So it is okay. a dominance compulsion, which feels oh, way more no. correct. <laughs> I, I uh, love I've sent Laura into this. Good, good luck, Laura. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it would be this bad. Oh, man. Okay, so you need to come out on top to own and to establish dominance. This compulsion drives the vampire not only to excel, but to revel in it, taunting the weak and challenging the strong. Your next interaction needs to be turned into a competition, and you need to use all means at your disposal to end up victorious and to rub the nose of the loser in their defeat. You cannot use teamwork and perform any action that avoids establishing dominance or challenging authority at a two-dice penalty. The compulsion ends when you've won and gloated over it. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean you necessarily have to, like, try to win with this coming conversation with Evangeline. It may mean that you need to, but it does mean that you are at a two-dice penalty to all pools until you have ground someone down uh, and claimed your ultimate strength and authority. 
God. Where Evangeline has been sent out to try to help calm you down. Yep. Let's see what happens. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan Laplante at The Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn 1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, D&D and Things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, Nithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.